Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Simon Marley speaking on his uh, blog, on his uh, video blog, and uh, he's on the line with us. Eamon, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Eamon, that system has long been used by pop stars and actors. They won't come on a chat show unless it's agreed that we're not talking about a specific thing or we're not talking about some scandal. We're only going to talk about the book or the the new movie and a a few little glitzy stories can be woven uh, in between all of that. So that's tried and tested in showbiz whereby some of the big hitters, you know, they won't come on certain shows because they might be asked a hard question and they'll only go on the chat show that agrees to be easy on them. Why, Why do you think the politicians are going down that line? Well, this is unique uh, to pop shows and pop stars and actors of that. Uh, I've experienced this all my life as a practicing journalist, but the trend is worsening all the time. Like I recall, I recall very vividly when uh, when Tony Blair and George Bush uh, came to Hillsborough Castle uh, when, at the time of the Iraq War, and the contention and the justification for war uh, was uh, weapons of mass destruction. Now. The whole system was rigged on that day, and part of the rigging was to make sure that I didn't get the microphone. And those I would deem, who are, or who might be deemed tame journalists, were given the microphone. They knew that I was going to gut them. Uh, I was going to gut them uh, if, in fact, I got that microphone. As it transpired, there were no weapons of mass destruction. So that microphone was kept well away from me. But we were in a, an extraordinary set of circumstances now. Uh, we're at the point of, a, of appointing or selecting a new prime minister, a new prime minister who uh, is planning to take the United Kingdom out of Europe. This is an unbelievable moment. Like, there are moments in history which last for uh, half a century, a century, particular moments. I think of the civil rights movement breaking out in Northern Ireland in, in the 60s. That movement, in many ways, is still manifesting itself, and the fallout from that movement is still manifesting itself in the political inertia at Stormont at this moment in time. Now, this uh, traumatic development of leaving Europe, that's going to uh, resonate for, for half a century, maybe a century. And here we have politicians aspiring to be at the helm, and they won't make themselves available, they won't answer questions. It's an extraordinary set of circumstances, and all sorts of, of shenanigans are taking place to obviate 
the opportunity to cross-examine these politicians. So do you feel that when they want to use the, the media, when they want to have the platform, that the media should say, no, sorry, you're, you're not coming on? Is that what you mean by starving them of the oxygen of, of publicity? Well, it, it, I, I'm, I've stolen that phrase. Is anybody familiar with the workings of Northern Ireland? Has sure, sure, understand sure. That it was the language of Margaret Thatcher during the, during the IRA campaign. She, there was a period where she turned off the oxygen of publicity, as she called it. Now, the journalists worked to obviate that, that situation by using actors' voices to, to enable the, the words of Jerry Adams to be spoken, etc. But my point about it is, if a politician is stipulating before going into a studio, you can't ask me this, you can't ask me that, you can't ask... Well, I said, well, okay. I think the time is to say, no, we're not doing the interview. I mean, I had a case in point recently. Um, uh, Mrs. Pitt, on, on your channel, on, on UTV, I, I was interviewing her in the face-to-face with him in Mali series. And that was coming on the back of the controversy of, of her son, Ian, over the, the, uh, the trips abroad. Now, I, I would have been discredited if I didn't actually ask Mrs. Paisley about that. And she was so mature about it. She took it on the chin and took follow-up questions and, 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 and acquitted herself extremely well. But I would have been laughed out of court if I hadn't uh, actually asked her as the mother of the man against whom there were allegations and the, the man who'd been suspended. The, the, these, are the, these are responsibilities that we have as journalists. But like you, this thing of squaring off before the interview, oh, you won't talk with us too sensitive. Well, I just don't buy into that. And it's time that I think that the uh, broadcaster simply said, no, we're not entertaining that. Uh, we reserve the right to ask whatever question. Now, if there's a very delicate, sensitive uh, incident about the personal life where it is a question of Alzheimer's or something developing, you, you have to be sensitive. You have to respect that. You have to be human. And, and to show some empathy and sympathy in certain circumstances. But public accountability, it's, it's a huge issue, this. We're, we're talking about a prime minister. We, for example, Jeremy Hunt, do we know anything about Jeremy, Jeremy Hunt's perception or approach to Europe? He is completely getting away scot-free because all the focus is on Boris Johnson. And nobody would be interested in Jeremy Hunt. He's a poor relation at this point in time. But he is one of the people aspiring to take to take the United Kingdom out of Europe. Do we know how he's going to do it? Has he got a solution for the border? He's been let off the hook because the focus is on Boris Johnson. Yeah, but, 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 in, fairness, Johnson, but in fairness, I mean, he, he's prepared to go on the head-to-head debate on Sky, ITV or BBC. It's, well, it's, 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 it's Boris Johnson who, who won't play. You can't, you can't have the, the match with just one team. So he, he's prepared to do it. Well, Boris isn't. But, but the point about it is the, the hunt is on... Uh, endlessly for Boris Johnson. The media, the media are almost letting letting a man run free out there, Jeremy Hunt, because they're really interested in the big fish because uh, because of all the controversy. Well, but they chased Jeremy Hunt as well. They, uh, <laughs> Laura Koonsberg had had him on last night. People were chasing him in the street when he was out jogging. Yeah, but it can, you know. There's there's no serious interrogation, cross examination of these people. It it means uh, interrogating them when they're out running in the street and they can run away. It's cutology. This I, journalism's in an awful state, Frank. It's a, it's cutology, and the journalists, the, the the politicians are playing the the public and the media for fools at this point in time. And my whole point is this. 
such a critical moment in all of our lives. Whether you're sympathetic to leaving or staying, it's such a sympathetic, it's such a, a critical moment in our lives, and that's why I think it's a time when there should be serious analysis, and we. We should, we should actually carry out our duties as broadcasters uh, to tell the public, to inform the public, and to create circumstances whereby we're in a position to inform the public. But yeah, but, 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 but in fairness, in, in fairness, and I'm not going to put the spotlight at all on this program, so I'll just sit this program to one side where we ask many questions of many people during the course of a year's broadcasting. If we look at Northern Ireland in general, there are some people on radio and television who are very skilled at interviewing politicians and who do it in such a way that they have credibility across the United Kingdom. And, you know, not least the people who uh, present on UTV or, or the BBC. There are some outstanding journalists on radio and TV doing an excellent job in this day and age. Not taking, I'm not taking away from that at all. But if you, did it, if you, if you did, took a spreadsheet and, and, uh, and tabulated, documented, the, numbers, uh, the, the number of times that certain politicians have made themselves available to, to be interviewed by certain programs and certain individuals within the media, frontline mainstream media personality, you'll see an incredible trend. We heard an utterance about, from, from a politician just two weeks ago uh, in, 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 in suggesting, no, we're not, we're not available to talk to such and such a body. I know this myself. There are politicians uh, systematically do not make themselves to be interviewed, uh, available to be interviewed by people like me, because they know I'm going to go after them. So there's a very serious issue at stake here. And uh, as a Democrat, I feel strongly about this. And do do you feel that it's the the, the PR officer, it's the person in charge of their press and publicity, it's 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 their advisor that that's protecting them? They've, they've more of a team around them now than they would have had at a day when you were, for example, on radio and you were at the throat of of everyone who was involved. Um, yes, it's certainly more sophisticated now, uh, and there's more group therapy and group thinking going on. But you see, the, the, the days, in, in the good old days, um, once a politician emerged uh, on the steps of Stormont or came into that hall, there were a few gun dogs among us who were terriers who were going after those politicians. But you, you remember, Frank, the de Chastelin affair, uh, when de Chastelin came back to report after the, the, uh, after the claims of decommissioning. And we, the media... We really hunted him to ground so badly that he started talking about the IRA decommissioning tanks, that he witnessed the IRA decommissioning tanks. David Trimble pulled out of the whole system at that point in time because we exposed the charade in which, in which the, the, the governments were involved at, at that point in time because there had been no serious decommissioning witnessed. So that is, that is holding people in public office to account, and that's, that's what's missing now. And these politicians are, are finding situations to dodge uh, journalists to ask them serious questions. They're not giving the time to journalists, serious journalists, who want to cross-examine them about their positions. Yes, but is your, is your criticism primarily of the politician, or is it of the modern-day journalist? Because there'll be some uh, young, up-and-coming, very skilled journalists who'll be listening to this programme thinking, there's Mali, who's been there and done it all, but he's now sounding like a grumpy old man. No, no, it's the political system. The political system primarily is responsible for what's going on here. 
it, the people behind Boris Johnson, for example, the people who are actually in these positions of power, who are manipulating the situation to obviate uh, but presenting or affording or accessing these people uh, to, to the media just so that the media can, can properly hold them to. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's a charade at this point in time. Let's take the most recent example, and you referred to it in your commentary. And we are keeping in mind that we did not produce, we are not involved, nor have we done the research that Spotlight did last night into Ian Paisley. So we're not going to make any comment whatsoever about Ian Paisley and any, any accusation made against him last night on, on Spotlight. But would you advise him to come forward and do interviews today? I don't think he's any choice. I don't think he's, he's any choice. Uh, but Willie, uh, the party has put out a statement. It has explained his position. And that's, I presume that that's the cover at this point in time. And potentially, we're not going to hear much beyond that at this point in time. But would you uh, be? Would, 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 the, would the young Eamon Malley be knocking his door? Would Would Eamon Malley be following him in the street? Would Eamon Malley be ringing him and saying, "Listen, Ian Paisley, I need to have an appointment with you to sit down and talk to you. You're a leading MP. You've questions to answer." Frank, Frank, you have to ask that. Um, the report broke one morning at ten on, on on another station that Peter Robinson had resigned from the Democratic Union Party many years ago. By five ten past eight. I was at uh, Peter Robinson's door, and uh, Irish Robinson got down under the sheets. She, this, the wee fellow opened the door, uh, answered the door, and she was afraid I was coming up the stairs. So I mean, he said, "That's the way it was. That's that was my modus operandi uh, as a practitioner of journalism." But it doesn't matter, Frank, if the system is squaring circles to make sure that that people uh, like Boris Johnson at this moment in time will not be made available. Uh, to be to be to be interrogated professionally at this point in time, to be really cross-examined, to be rigorously challenged about his modus operandi, his his plans for the future. 
There's nothing anyone can do about it. Uh, you know, it, it, we, we live in a democracy. Uh, journalists have to behave with, with integrity and decorum. They, 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 can't, they can't beat people up. If they, if they won't talk to them and if they won't, if they won't, uh, if they won't answer the questions. Uh, that's the reality of life. Really appreciate you coming on, Eamon. Interesting vlog, as they say, that you have up there on your site. Uh, people can react to what you're saying. But uh, thanks for talking us through it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. One of the most seasoned political commentators, Eamon Malley, being very critical of the political system at the moment and more or less saying that politicians are dictating the pace and they wouldn't have dictated it in his day. Uh, here's a man who was there in his day and is now a politician who we've invited on, Mike Nesbitt. Uh, Mike, good morning. Good morning, Frank. You will see this from both sides of the argument, won't you? Yeah, and I remember when I started, Frank, I mean, the troubles were were at their height, so there was a lot of tension in terms of of media work and news and current affairs. And, you know, just looking back, my first impression was when when at the BBC we tried for uh, an interview with the Secretary of State, what would happen would be the Northern Ireland office would say, fax me through, not email me, we're going back a long way here. But they wanted the fax with a list of the questions. And the BBC policy was that we didn't uh, send a list of questions. What we would say is the broad area of the interview is X. And in those days, you know, it could have been an atrocity. It could have been a political development. And the only other thing we might do is say, and the first question will be this. Uh, And then the NIO would come back and say, we are not prepared to put the Secretary of State up without a full list of questions. The BBC would come back and say, well, our policy is we only talk about the first question and the broad area of debate. And that would resolve itself one way or the other by the NIO making uh, a value call. Was it in the best interest of the Secretary of State to do it or not to do it? And, and I wonder whether it's really changed uh, that much since then. And by the way, you, you'll know this out yourself. Uh, apart from the kind of principle of, of not uh, conceding to, to a body like the Northern Ireland Office, we will ask uh, at your demand the following questions in the following order. If you're doing an interview, I mean, your second question really has to depend on what the first answer is from your interviewee. Mm, but you, but you had a bit of a reputation. I'm talking about you as the journalist now. Before you showed your hand mm. as a politician, you you had a reputation for asking the hard question. A bit like Mali, you know, Mali definitely built his name on not being afraid to embarrass people with a question that he would have asked. And he did say there that he practically went up the stairs of Peter Robinson's house to quiz him uh, at, at one point. <laughs> did, did, did you get a, a do you get a sense that the the journalist of today is an easy your ride or do you get a sense that the journalist of today is kept further away by the the press officers well i I think there's a lot more structure particularly around the the local political parties and there's always a battle for for control of the airwaves between the journalists and the politicians and their political uh machines all i can say frank is is that when i was practicing as as a journalist the last thing i wanted to do working in current affairs and news in a divided society was to try to be liked. The thing to do was to try to be respected, and and that meant basically uh, to annoy both uh, parts of our traditional communities equally. And and you remember at UTV, we had a thing called the pink 
which was an A4 sheet called mm-hmm. the pink because it was pink. And anybody who phoned in a complaint, uh, the telephonist had to record that on one of the pinks, and then they would be analysed overnight or, or first thing next morning. And, and my sense of balance was, you know, if I was interviewing a unionist politician uh, one day and a nationalist the next day, was the pile of pinks for the two interviews the same height? Uh, and I'm fortunate to say normally they were. But, you know, has, has it changed much? Are journalists less determined uh, to get to the truth? Uh, I'm not sure they were. I saw a very good piece of journalism last night on, on BBC television about uh, Ian Paisley uh, and, and his foreign trip. So uh, I, I don't think we can say that, that journalists, uh, as a rule, have backed off in recent years. So what would your advice be to Ian Paisley? Come out and talk today? Well, the fact that he has, uh, according to the BBC, received several requests uh, to explain certain aspects of these trips uh, and he has not even acknowledged them, um, that just looks bad, doesn't it? Uh, If you create that sort of a void, it will be filled by people who will determine, uh, mostly I would imagine, that that he he has something to hide. So then, if you have nothing to hide, why not say so? So then you moved from being the journalist to uh, mm-hmm. being the, the, one of the leaders of, of unionism. Did you then use all those tricks that you were aware of when you were advising your fellow politicians what they should say, when they should say it? Or do you feel maybe you that because you understood journalism on occasions you left yourself maybe more open than other politicians would have? I certainly found it, particularly in the, in the early days, Frank, very, very difficult. I mean, it wasn't just a, a, a case of poacher-termed gamekeeper. It, it is very different when you are the interviewee rather than the interviewer because you have a lot less control of the situation that, that you find yourself in. But as a rule, what I felt was, you know, what, what I need to do is convince people that I, on a personal level, uh, am genuine in terms of what I'm trying to achieve in politics, and secondly, make them understand what that achievement that I was pitching for was. Uh, and that, that can be very difficult. Um, the messaging uh, I have found in politics very difficult. I was at a meeting last night, we were discussing things, and everybody seemed to agree that, you know, maybe over my years in leading the Ulster Unionist Party, we got the policies right. Uh, and there's, I don't know, maybe a dozen policies which you can see on, on the website, on the internet. But what we didn't do was sort of boil them down and condense them into really easily understood bite-sized messages. Uh, And messaging, uh, rightly or wrongly, uh, in the modern world is where it's at politically. Can you get your message across in a really succinct, succinct, really easily understood phrase or saying and keep repeating that so that the public get it? And finally, what has sparked all of this is Mally's reaction to Hunt and Johnson, Boris and Jeremy. What do you make of how it is being covered and what they are saying or not saying and how prepared they are to go in front of cameras or not prepared to go in front of the cameras? Well, I I think it's disappointing. I mean, I I watched a bit of, of the big debate on the BBC when there were so many candidates Oh, it, 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 it was all heat. There was no light in that. I thought that was a terrible format. There were far too many people involved. Now that we're down to two, uh, I think it was an opportunity, but it's a lost opportunity, certainly to date, for the two of them uh, to debate in, in, a, in a 
rational sense, uh, head-to-head on issues, and they should be doing that across, in my view, across every media platform, taking as many opportunities as possible, rather than doing their own thing. And I think Boris Johnson's leading on, on the fact that he's you know, doing his own little agenda. And that leaves Jeremy Hunt, I think, to date, catching up uh, and always critiquing, critiquing Boris Johnson rather than setting out his own stall. Uh, and if he continues to do that, I think he plays into Boris Johnson's hands. I think Johnson's team probably know that that's the way it is and that's why they're playing the strategy that they're playing. But it doesn't actually do anything for the public in terms of building trust in, in the fact that one of them is going to be our next prime minister at an absolutely critical time for the future of the United Kingdom. OK, Mike Nesbitt, thank you very much indeed for your time this morning. Former leader of the Ulster Unionist, the MLA, uh, Mike Nesbitt, former journalist, uh, television presenter in the hardest of news arena. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. As, as well.